You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. College football today. Rolling into week number eight of the college football season. There's a whiteout in Beaver Stadium. Number 19, Michigan. Number two, Penn State. All eyes on the Big Ten later tonight. But Rich and I are talking SEC. We're talking LSU. We're talking Ole Miss. LSU's won three of the last five over the Rebels by 8.6 points per game. But as I stated before, Ole Miss has picked up the last two in Oxford by 12 points per game. You mentioned the rushing attack of Darius Geis. This is an LSU offense averaging 191 rushing yards on the ground, and Danny Etling needs to get healthy later tonight, completing 50% of his passes, 59%, 1,252 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception. I like this defense, though, of LSU over the last couple of weeks in wins over uh, Florida and Auburn, Rich. I think they get a double-digit victory later tonight. Today. You know who's really impressed me is Devin White. He's played well. The whole Sophomore team linebacker. Played you know, very I, well. I, all I, over I, the field. Teams like LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, there's such turnover. There's so many players that go to the NFL draft. You know, you know that they're highly regarded because they only recruit four- and five-star players, but you never know who's going to really deliver. And Devin White at linebacker has been one of those players over the past two weeks. The wins over Florida... The really impressive comeback against Auburn. I didn't see that coming. I mean, when Auburn got out to an early lead, I you figured, thought it was lights out. Lights out. <laughs> I figured it was lights out. I'm like, that poor Lisi, that son of a gun is going down. DJ Chark. And El- Chark and Gage. I mean, uh, really, uh, Matt Canada right. has done a nice job. Without a top notch quarterback, without a Nathan Peterman to lean on, he's done a nice job of calling plays the past couple of weeks. But I'm a little concerned about LSU this week. I, I think for Ole Miss, you know, no chance of a bowl game, interim coach, likely hiring a new coach within the next month or two. I think this is one of those games where they're going to be really fired up for this. Shea Patterson played very well, albeit against Van. What the heck happened to Vanderbilt, uh, by the way? Derek you, Mason. You put good. the kibosh I on. Did. <laughs> I did. I think I jinxed Vandy. I'm sorry. To the folks in Nashville, beautiful Nashville, I apologize. But Vanderbilt, I mean, he torched Vandy with A.J. Brown. They had seven sacks last week. Marcus Haynes, Demarcus Gates on the outside. So I don't think this is a walk in the park for LSU. I think at the end of the day, they out-athlete Ole Miss. Arden Key has begun to play better. Finally, it looks like he's back in game shape. He's playing much better. LSU, I think, gets the victory. This this line, I've seen it six and a half, seven points. I think this could be a competitive. I'll take LSU, but if I would not take him as a best match. That game would make me very nervous. I love them. I mean, here's the thing I look at when I look at LSU. Last two weeks, eight total sacks. They enter this ballgame with 23 sacks as a defensive unit. I like that. In in the last three games, the secondaries played lights out. They're holding opposing offenses to 143 total yards per game from a passing perspective. You look at Ole Miss's offense, one-dimensional passing for 341 per game, only rushing for 105 yards on the ground. I think that's the difference. I like the progression of Danny Etling. I like the calling of Matt Canada in this offense. I feel like they have an identity, Rich. And this defense is flying to the football. They could, If they can win this ballgame, they go into a bye week before they face top-ranked Alabama. That's what I'm looking at. I love LSU in this matchup. When we come back, we'll break down Oak State, Texas. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonella live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome products. taking place at 12 o'clock. Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy traveled to Austin to take on Tom Herman and Texas. Oklahoma State's won three of the last five by 15.3 points per game. They won this matchup in Stillwater last year, 49-31. to I think the trend continues. I love Mason Rudolph. He's completing 66% of his passes, 2,364 yards, 19 touchdowns, four interceptions, Rich, and he has four big play wide receivers that really could take the top off of Texas's defense later today. And the top of that defense has been taken off a lot this year. I, I mean, I have been singing the praises of Todd Orlando and the Texas defense. I think deservedly so. They've done a nice job of regrouping since the Maryland opener. But the one weakness that Texas has had is they're giving up a ton of plays through the air. A ton of big plays. 8.1 yards per pass attempt. That ranks 105th nationally in the FBS, and that's the last thing you want with Oklahoma State coming into town. So they've given up a lot of plays through the air. Now you've got Mason Rudolph. You talk about all the receivers. James Washington, probably the best big play threat in college football in terms of receivers. So I don't like that matchup. And then I'm going to flip on the other side of the ball. I think when an offense is so good, we see this all the time throughout college football. When an offense is as explosive as Oklahoma State's, we tend to forget about the defense. Defense playing well. But the secondary has done a great job. More picks than touchdowns allowed. One of the best secondaries in the country in terms of pass efficiency defense. You've got a great combination at safety with Trey Flowers and Ramon Richards. So I think Sam Ellinger, who has really impressed me, I think he's the future at quarterback for Texas. I think he has a hard time completing passes against this Oklahoma State defense. I like where Texas is headed, Joe, but I wonder if, as a country... We have forgotten. <laughs> we have forgotten about Oklahoma State. Our forgotten heroes from Stillwater and Mike Gundy. I think since the TCU loss, we kind of took Oklahoma State off the radar. But I still believe they have a very bright future in 2017. I will say this, Rich. I'm a man. I'm 40 years <laughs> old. You look a little bit like I Gundy. Sons the mullet, of course. Actually, but yeah. This is an Oklahoma State offense that's averaging 199 rushing yards per game. They're also passing for 411 through the air. You mentioned those wide receivers. It is Washington. It is McCleskey. Aitman and Stoner. That, that uh, quadruplet. Uh, what is it? Quadruplet? That <laughs> yeah, works for me. Quads. Quads. Yeah. That group right there. 103 receptions. 207, 2,007 receiving yards, 17 total touchdowns. You look at this Texas defense, they gave up 254 passing yards to Jesse Ertz and Kansas State, and that's the matchup that you want to see play out for Oklahoma State. Can they force Ellinger into matching them score for score? I mean, as good as he's played, Ellinger, only 54% completion percentage, six touchdown passes. He cannot match with uh, Oklahoma State and 
Mason Rudolph with those weapons. They're going to need to run the football. Yeah, and what's what's the weakest part of Oklahoma State's defense? I talked about the pass defense doing very well, surprisingly well. You can run the ball on Oklahoma State, but Texas is not running the ball. I've been surprised. I mean, the you know Ellinger's doing a nice job, but they're they're getting Chris Warren involved just sporadically. So the the, the running game of Texas has been iffy. It's been inconsistent. I think that's one of the ways you beat the Oklahoma State defense. Here's one statistic to give you a little bit of pause. I like Oklahoma State. I think they continue to roll off of the win over Baylor last week. But, you know, a lot of times we say to ourselves, well, it's after the Red River showdown. You know, uh, Texas could be down. Last five years, Texas 5-0 and the week after playing Oklahoma. Do they get to 6-0 and this week? I don't think so. I think Oklahoma State is one of these sneaky good playoff contenders. I still I still think they could be in the hunt for the Big 12 title if, obviously, TCU has some slip-ups. And there's no margin for error. Oklahoma State enters this matchup ranked number 10 overall. I picked them as a top-four team. I'm not backing down here. I think they match up very well from a scheme advantage against Texas. I think that's the matchup. Look for Justice Hill as well. I mean, he has over 600 rushing yards, six touchdowns on the ground. He could be a factor. He was a major factor in Stillwater last year. Can he put pressure on the perimeter of Texas's defense, open up passing lanes for Mason Rudolph a little bit later. I think that's the matchup as well. And look for Oklahoma State to blitz Ellinger as well in this ballgame, force him into quick throws and to read coverage. That could be a matchup from a defensive advantage as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a crossroads game for Oklahoma State. If they're going to reach their goals in 2017, obviously have to beat Texas. I think they have that potential. We touched on all the offensive weapons. Again, I'll stress the defense playing surprisingly well. The one big weakness that they had was TCU trucked them on the ground. I mean, Darius Anderson completely destroyed Oklahoma State on the ground. That's what Texas will need to do to hold serve at home today. I don't think it happens. I say 10 to 14 point victory and a cover for Oklahoma State. It could today. be even more than that. I think it could be in the area of 20 points. If they fall behind by two touchdowns, I think Mason Rudolph will look to really bury Texas in this matchup, especially look for a quality win by the Cowboys. They need it for, for their resume and the voters. It is a 12 o'clock start. We'll see how that play, game plays out in Austin. We'll turn our attention to another Big 12 battle. It is Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield fresh off their 29-24 win in the Red River rivalry. They go to Manhattan. Last time they were here, they got stuck on the tarmac for 10 hours uh, on their plane. People thought that they would you know, show up they, emotionally. Would they be worn out? They pasted uh, Kansas State 55 to nothing in that ballgame. They now go back home. Uh, they faced uh, uh, Texas last week. They now go on the road as well. I know from a speed advantage, it favors Baker Mayfield. They're averaging 377 total passing yards per game, rushing right in the area of about 198. But I still like Kansas State's ability to slow this game down. And keep in mind, you have Lincoln Riley, very young head coach, and Bill Snyder, who's an experienced coach. I think he can find a way to really match up and get some points. I'm not saying Kansas State wins, Mm -hmm. but I think it's closer than the 14 or 15 points a little bit later. I mean, listen. That would never surprise me with Kansas State. Kansas State is, you know, the Big 12's version of Utah. I mean, it's just one of those teams that, you know, when you least expect it, they can grind, they can hang with a better opponent. You know, they run the ball, they typically play solid defense. But I think this is a case where Jesse Ertz 
under center is really being missed. You know, we talk about it. We joke about Jesse Ertz a lot. I, I don't believe he's he's the kind of quarterback who's going to play in the NFL. He doesn't have that kind of arm talent. But he did bring a dimension to the offense that Alex Delton currently doesn't have. And Ertz is not healthy. So you really lose the ability to complete passes. If they get into third and six, third and seven type situations, you know, that Oklahoma front will be able to pin its ears back and really attack Delton. Look at the game last week. I think that could be a blueprint for this week. Kansas State last week against TCU, 10 first downs. Delton was 11 for 30 through the air. So you almost pull that element of the offense out of the playbook. You know that they're going to have to run the ball with Alex Barnes. With Alex Delton, they're going to have to grind between the tackles and keep the chains moving that way. And Oklahoma, you know, they're, they're basically going to stack the box to stop Kansas State. So, listen, I wouldn't be shocked. This is not a best bet for me. Kansas State always frightens me when they're getting a lot of points, particularly in Manhattan. But this is one of those games where Oklahoma, I think, has righted the ship. I think they realize that the path is still ahead of them. All of their goals. They can win out, win the Big 12, contend for a playoff spot. They rebounded with the important victory over Texas after the complete collapse against Ohio State. So I think Oklahoma comes into this game. They run their offense. They have their balance with Baker Mayfield, Trey Sermon out of the backfield, Abdul Adams out of the backfield. I think they win by more than two touchdowns. Kansas State is just reeling right now. And you touched on one of the fun facts of the weekend for me, Joe, which is the oldest coach in college football versus the youngest coach in college football. I have no idea if that's ever (laughs) happened before, but if somebody from the Elias Sports Bureau wants to look that up, I think that's an interesting nugget. And you mentioned Mayfield. Look for him to start fast in this ballgame. I think when you look at Baker Mayfield on the year, completing over 70% of his passes, 17 touchdowns, one interception. He chucked it for 344 last week. The way you have to challenge Kansas State is over the top of their secondary. They're giving up 232 passing yards two opposing offenses. You look at their offense overall, they're only rushing for 185 yards per game, only passing for 191 yards per game, and third down conversions are going to be critical. You mentioned Jesse Ertz, only completing 55% of his passes, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Delton? 38% completion percentage. So I think if you're Kansas State, you have to get into a low-scoring game somehow, some way, run the football, eight, nine-minute drives, and that's why I think they'll be in this ballgame. It's the only way they have a chance to pull off the upset. Yeah, that. and listen, Bill Snyder always does a great job on special teams. This could be one of those moments where you have a punt return for touchdown. Byron Pringle could take a ball back. That's what they need. They need something non-offensive to really tip the scales in their favor. I'm on Oklahoma right now. I think they begin to go on a bit of a run, but we'll see what happens in Manhattan. A meteor might be coming towards New York. I'm picking Kansas State yes. uh, in, in this ball game. I think that it'll be a, a lot closer than people think. It is uh, a 3.30 start, so keep an eye out for that. When we come back, we'll be breaking down Louisville and Florida State. This is Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Studio 34. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, 
or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. the start of the year, Louisville on the road in Tallahassee looked like a marquee ACC battle entering week number eight. Just another game, Lamar Jackson on the road to face Derwin James and the Seminoles defense. Rich, this is a Louisville team that gave up 364 rushing yards to Boston College last week. They've lost two straight against NC State and Boston College, but I think they get healthy a little bit later today against Florida State and James Blackman. Can I say that I hate this game? Is <laughs> Why? That, is that coaching? It's, it's a nice game. Why, though? I, like I mean, the game. expectations before the season, Lamar Jackson versus Florida State, Seminoles could be... You know, looking to play for a national championship, an ACC title. These two teams are combined to be six and six right now. I mean, what a gross disappointment! I, I, I like Florida State. Uh, I'll reluctantly talk about the Knowles and the Cards at this point. I like Florida State simply because Louisville's defense is a disaster. Five games against Power Five opponents, thirty-eight points a game. I mean, they got completely trampled. Last week, by a true freshman running back from BC, AJ Dillon, who ran for close to 300 yards. And I think Florida State, yeah, it's tough to motivate these guys at this point. You have a roster that's littered with next level talent, Sunday talent, and now all of the goals for 2017 are gone. But I think Jimbo Fisher can motivate these kids to get up after being spanked by Louisville last year, 63-20. to They were absolutely embarrassed in that game. So I think this is one of those times at home where Florida State will be amped up for payback to silence Lamar Jackson. Louisville, I don't know if Bobby Petrino has lost these kids. I, I, think, Lamar's, I think Lamar's going pro at the end of the season. After these last two games against the Wolfpack and the Eagles, I don't know what Louisville has in the tank. So I think for pride alone... I think Florida State against a really bad Louisville defense. I think they finally get a little bit of momentum and mojo and cover this game. Win it and cover it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Who's the best player on the field? Derwin James. Oh, come on. Not even close. No, Lamar Jackson's the best player on the field. I'm, I'm not sold on Derwin James being an elite player. I, I've watched him now. He's given up a lot of big plays in terms of pass coverage. I don't like his tackling on a consistent basis. Missed a lot of tackles yes. this year. I agree. I'll say this about Lamar Jackson. He is from Miami. He's a Florida kid. He'll be into this ball game. He's completing over 60% of his passes, right around 60%. 2,322 yards, 16 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He has rushed for another 690 on the ground, 10 rushing touchdowns. I think he'll be up into this ball game. I think he can put pressure on Florida State's defense on the perimeter and force James Blackman into a high-scoring game. James Blackman only has five touchdowns, four interceptions, 799 passing yards. This is a Florida State offense, Rich, only averaging 18 points per game. Uh, Fewest touchdowns 
in the entire exactly. FBS. Now, now granted, get, they've played a couple of fewer games. Right. They've only played five games. But eight touchdowns in five games tied for last in the FBS out of 130 teams. Here, here's my take. Here's my synopsis, if, I, if you will, on this game. A.J. Dillon, A.J. Dillon last, what was it, 294? He yeah, yeah, last Close week. Close to 300, yeah. right? The B.C. running back, true freshman, 294 yards on the ground. There's another true freshman who's a little more talented than Dillon playing against Louisville this week. I think Cam Akers is the star of this game. How do you stop Lamar Jackson? Keep the ball out of his hands. Florida State's O-line gradually playing better. I think Cam Akers on the ground has a big day. I think he could be the offensive hero, maybe even more so than Lamar Jackson. So, you know, th- these are one of this is one of those games where you really got to get into the team's head. I mean, it's more, it's less about X's and O's, Flip and it's coin, more about psychology. You know, who wants it more? Who's going to come and bring it in a game that the expectations are far lower than what we thought they'd be even just a couple of weeks ago? I just think Florida State, with the young kids in the backfield, with Louisville's defense reeling, I think they're able to cover this game. But again, because there's so much between the ears that will factor into this game... I have a hard time calling this a best bet. I think it is kind of a coin flip. Well, you mentioned the offensive line of Florida State playing much better, especially in run blocking. They rushed for 203 yards on the ground in in the loss to Miami. They picked it up last week on the road in Duke, 228 on the ground. The only way they can win this ballgame is if they run the football consistently. They're only averaging 144 rushing yards per game, right around 201 passing yards per game. I think if Lamar Jackson starts fast, again, I just think there's certain teams that when you look at mismatches in terms of offense and defense, Lamar Jackson poses a huge problem to Florida State's defense. Again, I just, I'm not sold on Florida State. I haven't been sold on them from a defensive aspect. Nor am I. After that week one loss, they have folded in terms of their defense as a whole. From from start to finish. I don't know about fold. They only gave up 10 last week to Duke. I mean, I know it's Duke. But they haven't dominated. They haven't been this dominating defense. I mean, you mentioned Derwin James. He was a Heisman Trophy Canada, but he hasn't taken a game right. over. I haven't seen that Florida State defense force turnovers. Yeah. They haven't created sacks as a defensive unit. Yeah. So if what do we? If you give Lamar Jackson time in the pocket, which they and, haven't done this year, fifteen sacks allowed, Louisville. He, so, over the last couple of years, though, he has been one of the most sacked quarterbacks. Last year was forty six. The year before that, it was forty four. So he gets sacked a lot of times yeah. because of his reads and progressions. But I, I expect him if it's not there, look for him to make plays with his legs in this match. In this ball game. Yeah, listen, this is going to come down to coaching as well. I, I mean, in that locker room, is it Jimbo Fisher on the Florida State side or is it Bobby Petrino on the Louisville side? Who can get these kids motivated again when all of the goals in the preseason, all the goals in September have evaporated? You're now playing for what? Bowl eligibility? I mean, you're going to be playing to, to, to make it in the St. Petersburg Bowl? It's hard. It, it it's is. hard. You have a lot of really talented players on the Louisville side. John Greenard, Stacey Thomas, Jair Alexander. You have a lot of kids on both of these teams that are thinking ahead to where am I going to be playing next year in the NFL? That is very difficult to manage those types of 20 and 21 year olds. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I think Louisville picks up a convincing victory Wouldn't here. Wouldn't shock I, me, Joe. I, I think 13 points me. or more. I, I just think they start fast. I mean, if Florida State gets down in this matchup, 
James Blackman's going to feel the pressure, especially at home. That's what NC State was able to do in his first career start. Now against Lamar Jackson, uh, a, a more refined quarterback this year. I mean, he's making better reads and progressions. He's more of a pocket passer this year than he was last year. But look Just for him not to make a lot plays. of support. It, it, it's a support factor for me. I, I have no beef with Lamar Jackson. He has gotten better. Uh, as a junior, but I, I don't see a lot of support in the running game, defensively, offensive line. I think Florida State is just more talented. Yeah, we'll see how that game plays out. It's in about an hour and a half. It is a 12 o'clock kick. It is on ABC. Rich, are you picking Florida State? I do like Florida yeah, State. I don't like love Louisville. them, but I'll, I'll take Florida we'll State. We'll see how that game plays I'll out. Hold 3.30 my nose kick. Them. I know you love this game. <laughs> yeah. I know. He's chock full I of know. nuts here. Rich Sermonello, Syracuse, fresh off their 27-24 yeah. win in the Carrier Dome. They knocked off Kelly Bryan and Clemson. Miami gutted out a very close 25-24 win over Georgia Tech. We both love the Yellow Jackets. They converted on fourth down. An amazing play. Back-to-back games now against Miami and Georgia Tech. Miami is living dangerously, but now I think they get healthy. I, I really think they poured on uh, Syracuse here. I think by 20 points or more later You today. know, Vegas might know something <laughs> that I don't, or maybe the public knows something that I don't, but I watched closely that Syracuse effort against Clemson. And yes, I understand Kelly Bryant was not 100% and then not available late. They had to go to young quarterback. I get that. But Syracuse's offense under Dino Babers with Eric Dungy behind center, when they had to convert, when they had to extend drives, when they had to milk the clock late in the game, they were able to beat that Clemson defense, and Joe, that really impressed me. I think Clem, I, I think Syracuse heads down to Florida with confidence. I think they know they could topple a quality team. Miami is getting it done, and I have a lot. I mentioned LSU, Miami. To me, they're similar type of outfits right now. They're not dominating. They're not overwhelming. They're finding a way to win, and that's fantastic. Malik Rozier... The team in general has gotten off to slow starts and then rallied in the second half. I think Syracuse gets down to Miami with confidence. I think they can hang with with the Canes. I don't think there's an upset. But this line has ballooned to 17 points, and I just don't understand that. That fast-paced Syracuse offense, he has two quality receivers in Ishmael and Irvin Phillips. Look at the defense of Syracuse. You can beat them through the air, and that is absolutely a concern. But in terms of third down stops, Joe, number three in the country, and that's because of their front seven, specifically their linebacker play, Paris Bennett, Zaire Franklin, Chris Slayton on the interior of that defense. They are underrated defensively, beatable, but underrated. And Miami, which has been good with Rozier, And Travis Homer impressed me last week against Georgia Tech, uh, the replacement to Mark Walton. I don't think this is a blowout. I think this is a competitive. Where am I wrong? Here's the concern. Now, you mentioned third down defense. Syracuse, lights out. 23% holding opposing offenses to third down conversions. Here's the concern I have for Syracuse, if one. On the road in Miami, offensive line is a concern for me. They Through seven games, they've allowed 21 total sacks. I look at that defensive front by Miami. They're athletic. They're solid in run support. Right in the, after Georgia Tech, they're giving up right around 165 total yards per game, but that was a little bit skewed because of last week's numbers. Right. 
I think they're on an athletic front that could get pressure on Eric Dungy. And that's not to take away from this offense. I mean, Eric Dungy completing 64% of his passes, 2,080 yards, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions. I just think the better defense is Miami. They'll be able to play man-to-man coverage and force Dungy into third down and long situations. I still think Syracuse is a one-dimensional offense, and that's why I think Miami blows them out today. Real quick before we go to break, Miami-Syracuse. I say that. You think Big East, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do, too. I mean, I mean yeah. Donovan McNabb, yeah. I mean, yeah. Gino Toretta. I mean, it, I think it, Big East rivals. I I, first time they're meeting since 2003, so historically kind of an interesting matchup between these two programs. Oh, uh, we're just getting started. When we come back, Gabe Morenci from Game Time Decisions joins us. Best bets on tap. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. Best bet time. What better way to talk about gambling and best bets for college football than with Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci? He's live via Skype. Gabe, how are you today? Always a pleasure, Joe. I tell you what, I got more bets ready to go than Pete Rose on Kentucky Derby weekend. <laughs> well, let's get into some 12 o'clock, some two two more key battles, but let's stick with this one. Louisville and Lamar Jackson on the road in Tallahassee to face Florida State. We're split on it. I like Louisville because of their athleticism. I think they have the better quarterback. Rich likes Florida State to get healthy this week. How do you see this game playing out? You know, this game kind of flew out of the radar as far as I was concerned uh, this week. Uh, But I'm starting to buy in right now on the Louisville Cardinals. Um, I like like, um, the fact uh, that they're getting points in a football game against a team in Florida State that just can't score right now, guys. Everything's a challenge. I mean, scoring is tough in the state of Florida. You watch a Florida Gator game, they have a hard time. Um, scoring, they have a hard time getting first downs. Florida State really have to labor. They really have to work and earn every yard, every first down, and every touchdown that they get. Uh, I, I just like the fact that Louisville is going to be able to move the ball down the field a little bit more efficiently. Uh, Petrino has a good track record in his career of bouncing back after losses and consecutive losses. Listen, it's a big revenge spot. I mean, you know, Louisville run up the score last year. Uh, on FSU, but I don't think FSU are good enough for a payback in that sense. I think FSU might be good enough to win a close football game, but I think FSU are going to be in tough just to win this game, let alone cover a number of six and a half here. Gabe, who are you rocking there today in the jersey? That looks like, uh, is that the Miami Hurricanes? Yeah, I'm going old school, and it's ironic because I'm not betting on Miami. I like Syracuse, <laughs> so we'll get to it in a second. It's for Joe, though, it's an old school Jim Kelly. Wow, I love it. Nice. I love it. Yeah, number 12, Jim Kelly. That's right. I, I, I love the throwbacks, and I'm a hardcore Buffalo Bills yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't go wrong with this. And, you know, it's great to have the U back, uh, though, isn't it? You know, the, the world feels uh, right again 
uh, when when the Miami Hurricanes are in play. And we can't get ahead of ourselves right now. There's a lot of uh, a lot of football left to be played uh, this year. But can you imagine if Georgia and Miami sometime somehow collided uh, later in the year? I don't know. Potentially in the playoffs. Uh, maybe in a big-time uh, bowl game. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I like Louisville in this game out of the gate uh, early, guys. I'm going to take the six-and-a-half points. Uh, FSU are just too offensively challenged uh, for me right now. Gabe, take a look at those 12 o'clock games, some of the early games. Uh, what kind of best bets uh, really stand out for you in the early slate of games? I'm coming out swinging, and I'm going to be in a lot of trouble, uh, Uncle Rich. I might, uh, I might be calling you later in the day for a loan. <laughs> Because I'm going all in on the Texas Longhorns uh, this morning. And I know a lot of people, I seem to be in a minority in this one. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Oklahoma State's pedigree. Yeah, we know. We know they have a, a pedigree. Uh, we also know they have an ability of losing uh, big football games and not taking advantage of opportunities that are given to them. And I think this will be um, the second stumble for Oklahoma State uh, per se. You look at Tom Herman. Now, listen. Uh, a lot of people in the gambling community are trying to give Tom Herman credit for the underdog covers in his career when he was with Urban Meyer, okay? Uh, but the legend is now, the fact of the matter is, since Tom Herman's been a head coach, he's now 6-0 and against the spread guys uh, as an underdog. I mean, we can go back. Uh, we can go back to, you know, the big bowl games that they played in, uh, beating the aforementioned uh, Florida State uh, Seminoles, uh, beating Oklahoma, uh, as an underdog this year, hanging around, nearly beating USC, getting 16 and a half points, hanging around, nearly beating Oklahoma. As we see, there's a pattern here with the Texas Longhorns uh, this year. They're hanging around and they're covering in these big games when they're underdogs, but and they're making a ton of plays. The Texas Longhorns kind of remind me of um, of Andy Dalton. You know, I've said this before. Andy Dalton will get the ball on the Bengals five yard line go on a 13-play drive and look like a pro bowler. And then he's going to fumble on the four-yard line, all right? Or he's going to throw an interception in the red zone, uh, in the end zone. This is what Texas do. Pennywise, pound, crazy. They're unable. They play well. They play with so much heart, these kids. And it's crazy, guys. We're living in in an upside-down world right now. The New York Yankees are somehow the Cinderella team, and so are Texas. (laughs) The big, bad Texas Longhorns. You're like, oh, these kids, we're pulling for them. They try hard. We're talking about Texas here, the powerhouse. Uh, But they do. They lay it on the line on a weekly basis, and they're just unable to get over the finish line in these big football games. I think they get over the finish line today. Not only do I think they're going to cover the point spread, I think the Texas Longhorns are going to win this game outright. Obviously, Ellinger's, um, you know, the the quarterback situation with with Texas is always – always a fluid one let's just say but i legitimately believe that texas can slow down the ground attack uh, of of oklahoma state and in tom herman i trust you know, i've said this all the time guys if you go to las vegas and you're at the roulette wheel and you're not thinking you see red and black and tom herman is team red here and it comes up red six times in a row don't bet on black okay Keep on betting on red until it doesn't come up. I'm not passing up this uh, this point spread opportunity here uh, with the Longhorns plus seven, money line plus two thirty five. Obviously, going to be a high scoring game. I like the over in that game as well. Here's a game, guys, that no one's really going to talk about. It's not a sexy game, uh, but I'm looking at the Wisconsin Badgers 
and the Maryland Terrapins to go over uh, the number. Maryland has a lot of problems on that defense. They're not going to be able to stop Wisconsin. Wisconsin's offense is a lot more explosive than people give them credit for. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, um, Maryland gave up 42 points a game on the road, and I would expect them to give up 42 or more today against uh, Wisconsin. And uh, the number's pretty low at 51. I think we can go over the number in that game. Here's one that we haven't talked about. It is a 12 o'clock kick. It's Iowa on the road against Northwestern. Iowa's won three of the last five by 26 points per game. But Northwestern did get this victory last year in Iowa City, 38-31. to I like Northwestern here. They've impressed me now in back-to-back weeks, especially in run support. I think they get a double-digit win here. How do you see this game playing out? It wasn't a game that was on uh, my radar, to be honest uh, with you. But as you stated, you look at Northwestern. Um, you know, stumbled out of the gate. I think they have a little bit of confidence uh, uh, right now. But I I, I got to go with Iowa here. I, I got to go with Iowa. I think Iowa is just a better football team uh, than Northwestern uh, is. But, I, you know, this game isn't a game that I'm going to be betting on, guys. I, I can't lie. I've got like 10, 10, 11 games I'm going to be laying it down on uh, today. We mentioned, uh, you guys mentioned the Louisville game. I like Louisville plus a six and a half. Um, I think we'll have some points in that game as well. I think we can get to 58. My best bet early in the morning here uh, is the Texas Longhorns. I love this plus seven. You know, guys, when we spoke up in week one, um, we talked about Oklahoma State, and I picked Oklahoma State to make the playoffs. And shame on me. I should have known better. Every year, every year, they're going to find a way. Listen, TCU is a good football team, uh, but I think they're going to stumble here on the road and uh, when it's all said and done, the Longhorns get a get a massive a win for Tom Tom Herman. But speaking of um, speaking of um, the Miami Hurricanes, guys, I think this number's way too high here. I'm not buying into the fact um, that it's a letdown for the Syracuse Orangemen after beating Clemson. So what? Playing uh, the undefeated Miami Hurricanes doesn't mean anything right now. Playing a team that's beating you five times in a row doesn't mean anything right now. The Syracuse Orangemen and Dino Babers, you want to talk about Tom Herman uh, as a great coach, as an underdog. How about Dino Babers right now, guys, and the job that he's doing with this uh, this football team? It doesn't hurt to have Steve Ishmael uh, as your wide receiver. Uh, great talent, and I look forward to seeing him go back to his home state uh, today. But Dino Babers hasn't lost a game by double digits yet this year. You know, go to LSU. Um, they, they, they cover, they go, and they, they lose by eight um, at a rally against the Wolfpack. I think, if anything, Miami are a little bit overrated. They're, they're lucky they won that game last week against Georgia Tech. All right, They outscored Tech 9 nothing in the fourth quarter of play. Laying 17.5 here, you're not getting, you're not making money laying 17.5 with the Miami Hurricanes on a weekly basis. And that collar starts to tighten, guys. I should be wearing a turtleneck right now. Uh, Miami's going to start to realize, hey, you know what? We're in the top 10 now. People are talking about us. And now you're under the gun. Syracuse have never beaten uh, top 10 teams in back-to-back weeks in school history before. I'm not saying it happens today and they beat them outright, but I love the points in this game. Uh, Give me Eric Dungey, Steve Ishmael, Dino Babers, and the points in what's going to be an entertaining, lower-scoring football game. Gabe, great insight and information. We'll get you on in next hour. We'll get your picks for the uh, 8 o'clock games a little bit later. Great insight. Hey, I'm fired up. Let's make some money, guys. He brought up a great point about Syracuse and Eric Dungy, and I, I really understand everybody's mindset about this game, and I understand yours. The only yeah. thing that scares me from the Vegas perspective is 
you make all valid points, and now all of a sudden it's creeping up against conventional wisdom. Yeah. And I just think it's going to come down to Miami's ability to score first and then put the pressure on Syracuse. And I still think the secondary of Miami's a lot uh, better than people think. I think they're underrated and can play man-to-man coverage in this matchup. Well, and, and the problem with that is that Syracuse, one of the reasons why I like the Orange in this game is Syracuse, if there is a deficit, they have the kind of up-tempo, fast-paced offense that can score late. Even if it's like, listen, I mean, if Miami, I love this game because if Miami happens to be really laying it to Syracuse and this is a 33 to 10 lead late in the game, you still have an opportunity. It's a perfect opportunity for Syracuse to score late, score a couple times late. And oh, by the way, Gabe brought up a great point. Syracuse has not lost a game by double digits. 4-0-1 in the last five against the spread. So they're competing against the LSUs and the NC State. So I think they're in this game for the long haul. Shocked that the number continues to rise. And they put up points against solid defenses. LSU, I still think, is a solid defense. They were on the road. They were down by one score in Death yeah. Valley. And they were uh, against Bradley Chubb. And that defense lost that game by eight points. So you bring up great points. We'll see how that game plays out at 3.30. It is on ABC when we come back. Rapid Fire Picks, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonella live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Rapid fire picks. Let's get right into it. Iowa Northwestern. It is a 12 o'clock kick. Northwestern over the last four games against Wisconsin, Penn State, Maryland. 96.2 rushing yards per game. They're holding opposing offenses in check. I think they get it done on the road. This is one of my better picks for, the, for today. Me too. I like Iowa, though. Oh, no, I I'm like on the opposite side. I'm not sold on Northwestern. They have burned me too much this year. Iowa coming off a bye. Uh, Akram Wadley was not 100% before the bye week. I think those two weeks to get healthy, the offensive line was banged up as well. Iowa has the more complete defense, the better offensive line. Still concerned about that O-line of Northwestern. I think it'll be a close game. I have it as a bet, best bet, but I, I think it'll be tight. But Iowa wins on the road. You don't look confident. I, 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 don't, I don't feel confident. You you read me well on that I, one. Iowa's given up 242 passing yards per game. Northwestern with Clayton Thorson's averaging 267 through the air. They rushed for 238 yards against Maryland last week. Solid performance. I think it continues in Ryan Field. I think they can win this ball game by double digits. You see Iowa winning a, a close ball game, 3-7? Seven? Uh, seven. Yeah, seven I, points. I see Iowa by a touchdown. All yep. right. Another intriguing battle is Boston College fresh off their 45 
45-42 win over Louisville on the road. Back-to-back road games for the Eagles. Virginia sitting at 5-1 and one, has an opportunity to become bowl eligible later today. I don't think it happens. I'll take Boston College. I think they get a gutty 24-20 win on the road in Charlottesville Joe, a little bit later I today. like BC as well. This game really caught my attention because both programs have started to play better. Virginia's been hot. Could even contend for the Coastal, or at least play valuable games late in the season in the Coastal Division. But Boston College, A.J. Dillon, Boston College is good when they can run the ball. A.J. Dillon, the true freshman, went for almost 300 last week. The defense, yes, struggled against Lamar Jackson, but Virginia doesn't have Lamar Jackson. So I think B.C. gets back to harassing the pocket with Zach Allen and Harold Landry. Too many points in this game. I'll take the points. I like BC. Steve Adazio might be turning the corner and getting back to a bowl game this year. And battle tested. They fell behind on the road last week, fourteen to nothing. Benkert's more of a prototypical drop back passer. Doesn't put a lot of pressure on the perimeter of opposing defenses. That's why I like Boston College as well. So I think they pick up a, a gutty victory. They're going to need to make plays in the passing game, but we'll see how that game plays out in Charlottesville a little bit later today. Indiana on the road against Michigan State. I'm going to take the points here. I like the the balance of Indiana's offense. LJ Scott is a big piece to that Michigan State offense. Will he play? Will he not play? That's a concern I have. I like Indiana here to keep this game very close. Joe, he will he will play. I, I think he'll probably be uh, sacked for the first quarter or first half of this game, so it'll give a chance for the backups to run. I have been impressed by Michigan State over the past couple of weeks, and here's the reason why. I think they're trending in the right direction because it was a young team early in the season for Mark D'Antonio. They have gotten better week after week. Brian Lewerke behind center has taken command of that offense. And I really like the defense of Michigan State. So I think they continue to roll back at home. I think they cover this game comfortably. Although, to your point, Tom Allen is doing an underrated job in Bloomington with IU. Scott Frost and UCF on the road in Annapolis to face Navy. Navy lost a very close ball game last week against Riley Ferguson and Memphis. I think the momentum continues for the Knights. I mean, this is a team that has aspirations to play on New Year's Day. I think they dominate Navy. That's the way you have to beat the triple option. Jump up early and get them out of their game plan. UCF gets a double-digit win later uh, today. I'll keep it quick and say I agree. I I think people are overlooking UCF. This is the most dominant group of five team right now. Scott Frost doing a very good job. Here's one game we haven't talked about. Pittsburgh on the road to face Duke. Duke has lost three straight. The last two over Virginia and Florida State by a total of 14 points. I like Pittsburgh to get the outright win later today. Uh, didn't give a lot of time to this game, but I'll agree with you and Pitt. Duke's having trouble scoring right when now. When we come back, we'll be breaking down the top 25 games. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonella, live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Studio 34.